Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. All right, folks, welcome back to yet another episode of the Red Light Report. This is your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. And if you're like me and you have a birthday in August, well, first of all, happy birthday month. And secondly, if you're like me and you're a consistent user of red light therapy, uh, you may be turning another year older chronologically, but uh, your biological age may not match that number because you're using something that boosts the power and longevity of your mitochondria. Thus, you do not age as quick as others that do not. So cheers to another year of getting wiser, but not necessarily biologically older. So anyways, on this solo-sode, yes, that means you're stuck with my uh, wonderful voice for this episode, but in this episode, we're going to just quickly go over some information on red light therapy, just a quick tip, a bit of info about preconditioning. I know I've talked about this on uh, previous episodes, but I just want to highlight it again here and just remind people the power and the science of preconditioning with red light therapy. And then secondly, we'll just go through three separate articles in the research that have a lot of importance and really highlight the different ways that red light therapy can work. But not only that, the strength of the research and, again, the proof that's in the pudding as it relates to red and near-infrared light. So you're going to want to stick around for this entire episode, and let's get cracking right meow. And this is going to be a shameless plug here uh, about my company, BioLite. Because if you've been following me on the Red Light Report and then also keeping track of what BioLite is doing, you'll know pretty darn well that uh, last month we released The Guardian, which is a red light therapy mouthpiece. Really the first of its kind patent pending technology. So you're getting the power of red and near infrared light but directly in your mouth, directly to your gums, directly to your oral cavity. And if you want to learn about the power and the importance of oral health as it relates to your entire health, wellness, and longevity, then I highly recommend that you listen to two separate podcasts on the Red Light Report. The first one being with Dr. Kelly Blodgett, who was actually my first podcast guest months and months ago at this point, but uh, Dr. Blodgett highlights the importance and implications of your oral health, again, as it relates to your systemic health. And then the other episode would be one that was recorded and released about three or four months ago, as I'm recording this today. That's another solo episode, but I specifically go into the science of the importance of oral health and how it can relate to your glucose levels or even your mental health or your gut health and all the different ways that your oral health can have positive or negative consequences on different parts of your health. So I invite you to listen to that episode. Uh, Once you listen to those episodes, it'll make more sense to how the product we released last month, The Guardian, has a lot of powerful potential as it relates to improving uh, your oral health if you're dealing with issues or just using it prophylactically like some people do with red light therapy. It's just a way to keep your oral hygiene and your oral microbiome up to snuff. And thus, there's a high likelihood that that's going to have a positive downstream effects to other parts of your health. So that was the first product we've released recently. And then uh, within the past couple of weeks, 
we have also released two new products. And I guess more correctly, we've upgraded two of our products that we've been selling for the past couple of years to this point. And that's the Recharge Plus and the Restore Plus. So if you've been following BioLite, you know that we've had models called the Recharge and the Restore, but we've made slight alterations and upgrades with patent-pending technology called Dual LED Technology. And there's been some confusion as to you know what really is the difference or what does that really mean. So I'll quickly explain it here. And so Dual LED Technology means that every single LED can be red or near-infrared light. It can produce red or near-infrared light. Whereas any other panel or any other device on the market, the LEDs can only do red or near-infrared. So if you're going through the different light settings, most devices on the market will have a light setting for red only, near-infrared only, and then a combo of red, near-infrared. And so all the other devices on the market, um, if you're doing all red, half of the LEDs are going to be red. If you do all near-infrared, half of the LEDs are going to be near-infrared. Whereas with the Recharge Plus and the Restore Plus with this dual LED technology, when you're doing an all-red light setting, that means every single LED is going to be red. When you do an all-near-infrared light setting, that means all LEDs are going to be near-infrared. So for example, oh, let's say we're, we're looking at the Restore Plus. And if it didn't have this dual LED technology, and I guess I should backpedal, the, the Restore Plus has 300 LEDs. So if it was a typical panel uh, with a typical technology, and you were doing all red, only 150 LEDs would be red. And then if you did all near-infrared, same thing. But with the dual LED technology, now all 300 LEDs are going to emit that red when you're doing the all red setting and same thing all 300 leds are going to produce near infrared light when you're in the all near infrared setting of course when you're doing the combo setting it's going to be half and half because you're doing a combination of of both lights so that doesn't change so the big difference is when you're doing the all red or all near infrared light settings and the reason why this is a big deal is because now instead of having this random pattern of light being emitted onto your body with BioLite products. We did the diagonal pattern with other products. There's kind of that random dispersion of light as far as the pattern's concerned. And so you can imagine if you were to put that panel or the device really close to your body, you can literally see that pattern of light on your body. And of course, as the, the device gets further away, the light's going to spread and it's going to look like it's covering all of your body, quote unquote, evenly. But Again, if you do that pattern and you hold it close, you'll see that it's actually not the case. And there's actually just this random pattern of light being uh, shown or emitted onto your body. So the point being, with the dual LED technology, with all LEDs emitting red or near-infrared, you're going to get a much more even dispersion of light, a much more consistent treatment. And secondly, you're going to have a more efficient treatment because now you're getting twice as much light energy shown or shined upon your body, meaning twice as many joules at a, any given time. So your treatments are going to be significantly reduced, making uh, treatments more efficient. And so if you're someone who's just trying to utilize red light therapy as quick as possible, just integrate it into your daily habits, time is of the essence. So with these plus models, the Recharge Plus and the Restore Plus, your treatments are going to be 
virtually half the time compared to other models uh, because again you're having twice as much red or twice as much near infrared being shined upon you at a given time so just wanted to give that little info about our newest panels at BioLite. Again, it's the Recharge Plus, the Restore Plus. Uh, you can check those out at BioLite.shop. But let's move on to some information about the preconditioning. When we look at that preconditioning or we talk about preconditioning, it's the concept of shining the red or near infrared on your body prior to some sort of activity. So it can be before exercise or before a cognitively intensive task, or it can be before going outside and being exposed to UVB rays of light. And so the concept being stimulating your mitochondria, causing this hormetic response in your body, you're going you're gonna to jumpstart your immune system, you're going to jumpstart your mitochondria, so that when you do um, expose it to a higher stress load exercise, cognitive task, a UVB light from the full spectrum sunlight, your body's going to be more capable and ready to take on these stress loads. Thus, you don't see the harsh effects that you would otherwise. Meaning with exercise, you're going to have a higher capacity, more um, aerobic or strength or torque capacity. And then for cognitive, you're going to have a better concentration, a higher level of concentration for longer. You're not going to lose concentration as easily. And then with the sun, what the research is showing is that you can stave off these sunburns or damage from excessive UV radiation by preconditioning with red light therapy. So going into it even a little more specifically, studies have shown that pretreatment with specific doses of phototherapy, um, and this is specific to exercise, that uh, again, pretreatment with specific doses of phototherapy decreases inflammatory biomarkers and lactate levels in the blood after strenuous upper and lower body exercise. Again, speaking to the concept of hormesis, speaking to the idea of jumpstarting your mitochondria, having more energy, and driving down that inflammatory response prior to exercise. We need to keep in mind, especially with exercise, that there are two different types of exercise-induced damage. One is primary, and the other is secondary. So, during the primary phase, we have that mechanical damage, meaning you're you're doing bicep curls and you're literally causing micro tears in the muscle fibers at a very microscopic level. So you are causing damage. And so the primary phase of uh, the exercise-induced damage is the mechanical damage. But then the secondary phase is due to this secondary damage, which is this inflammatory response that you get after the mechanical damage. And so again, primary phase, tearing the muscles, secondary phase, the inflammatory response due to the micro tears in the muscle fibers. And so preconditioning with red light therapy protects the muscle from both primary and secondary damage, whereas red light therapy administered after injury, meaning after exercise, protects the cells from secondary damage only. And so that's important because a lot of people ask about timing of red light therapy. And so a lot of times, at least according to the research, timing doesn't necessarily matter unless you're doing it for circadian rhythm or you're doing it for improving sleep when we're talking about preconditioning. Hence, you need to do it before a certain activity. And so the research has been showing that by doing red light therapy before versus after, you're going to protect yourself from both the primary phase and the secondary phase. So from both the mechanical damage and the inflammatory damage that comes from strenuous exercise. So preconditioning leads to anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects 
thus protecting the muscle from the secondary damage. And studies support the hypothesis that the effects of red light therapy on muscles are due to increases in intramuscular circulation, just like with general red light therapy, you get that vasodilatory effect. It also decreases lactic acid production and improves mitochondrial function, improves antioxidant ability to the exercising muscles, enhances contractile function, because if you're boosting the mitochondria, you're going to have more energy, prevention of exercise-induced damage, speaking to the inflammatory response, and also it improves post-exercise recovery of strength and function, because if your body has to go through less of a repair and rebuild process post-exercise, that means you're going to recover and retain your strength and function quicker than if you had not utilized red light therapy prior to exercise. So again, that's just a quick snippet, a quick review of the power of preconditioning with red light therapy. And in this little tidbit here is specific to exercise. If you were to ask Dr. Michael Hamblin, who's considered one of the top researchers in photobiomodulation, he has said that, you know, based on the research, you can do it before, or you can do it after, or you can do it during. He doesn't seem to see much of a statistical significance of doing one or the other. But again, the research here and the theories here are stating that by doing it before specifically, that you're going to be able to stave off or help with the primary phase and the secondary phase or the mechanical damage and the inflammatory damage of strenuous exercise. Hey there, guys. So I know you're excited to learn about red light therapy, but I'm betting that you're also interested in finding a high-quality red light therapy device. Well, look no further than my company, BioLite. But don't take my word for it. Listen to the thousands of customers that have come before you and have chosen BioLite because of its unprecedented combination of high light power, low EMF emission, and low light flicker. So you're not only getting the most effective treatment option, but the safest as well. And there's many sizes to choose from. There's handheld devices, tabletop models, and even full body panels. So there's definitely a size to match your lifestyle and health and wellness goals. As an added bonus, you can claim a $100 value gift at checkout when you use coupon code REDLIGHTPODCAST. Just go to www.biolight.shop, choose whichever device is going to match your health and wellness needs, and use coupon code REDLIGHTPODCAST to claim your $100 gift. Again, that's www.biolight.shop. So let's move on to some research. We have three research articles here that I want to go over. One's going to do with eye health. One's going to talk about pain. And the last one will go over cognitive health, but specifically dementia. And so looking into this first article, it's titled, A Low-Level Laser Therapy Improves Vision in Patients with Age-Related Macular Degeneration. So extremely, extremely common, somewhat inevitable as you age to have enough eye damage uh, accumulated over decades and decades to where you have this proverbial, you know, age-related macular degeneration. And so in this study, there were a total of 203 patients, 90 men, 113 women, with a mean age of 63 years old, and they either had dry or wet forms of age-related macular degeneration, uh, which we'll call AMD going forward. Dry forms of AMD are just the beginning stages of AMD, whereas wet are the advanced forms. In the study, there was 193 patients with cataracts, a total of 182 eyes, and then there was a total of 146 eyes without cataracts, and they were treated using low-level laser therapy, 
four times total or twice per week. The laser diode they were using was in the red spectrum, 780 nanometers. 10 patients total or 20 eyes with age-related macular degeneration received mock treatment and so they served as the controls. The visual acuity was measured at each visit. So the results were that the low laser level therapy significantly improved visual acuity in 95% of the eyes with cataracts and 97% of eyes without cataracts. So that's pretty darn incredible. Whether you had cataracts or not, the results were very similar. Red light therapy or LLLT, low level laser therapy, significantly improved visual acuity. And so the prevalence of metamorphosia, which is a visual defect that uh, causes linear objects such as lines on a grid to look curvy around it, improved. Scotoma, which is a partial loss of vision or blind spot in an otherwise normal visual field, improved. And then dyschromatopsia, which is a deficiency in the perception of colors, improved, meaning they were all reduced. So, in patients with wet AMD, edema and bleeding improved. Again, wet was the advanced form of AMD, so both edema and bleeding improved. And the improved vision was maintained for 3 to 36 months after visit. And while this is a large range, because you're looking from 3 months to 3 years, you got to imagine over 203 patients, and I guess 193 that were treated, you had a large spectrum of different types of chronicity or uh, different stages of AMD. So, of course, it's not going to be a perfect, sweet, small range. So, three to 36 months, you can imagine the most advanced cases were probably closer to that three months, whereas uh, more of the dry cases or more of the um, more acute types of AMD probably had the later stages of 36 months um, of maintenance after treatment. So anyway, visual acuity in the control group, so the people that were not treated with red light therapy or LLLT, their visual acuity remained unchanged. So that's a stark contrast to 95% with cataracts, 97% without cataracts, seen um, improvements in various forms of, of their visual acuity. But those who were or when the control group saw no changes. And also, there were no adverse effects observed in those undergoing the therapy. So once again, just speaking to the safety of red light therapy. And keep in mind with this, they're using lasers, when lasers are considered less safe than LEDs, which are the products you see on the market. But you get similar results. Again, I'll, I'll quote Dr. Michael Hamblin. When he's looked at all of the research uh, that's out there, 10,000 plus uh, clinical studies, he has said that those doing uh, utilizing lasers and those utilizing LEDs get comparable results, get comparable benefits, meaning you can use LEDs, you can buy these LED devices for cheaper and get comparable results to those that use lasers. So LEDs are safer, they're cheaper, they're more affordable, and you're going to get the same benefits as those uh, using lasers. So the point being, this article used lasers but, according to Dr. Michael Hamblin, you could utilize LEDs and get comparable results provided you're using the correct amount of dosage or you have the correct protocol. So if you have the correct dosage, this research shows that you can drastically, statistically significantly improve age-related macular degeneration in various aspects. And so the conclusion of this article 
is that in patients with AMD, low-level laser therapy significantly improved visual acuity without adverse side effects and may thus help to prevent loss of vision. That's huge. That's huge. Because inevitably, like I said, if you don't take care of your eyes, or even if you do, there's going to be enough damage over time where your vision's not going to be as good as it was when you were a teenager or in your 20s. So the fact that this research is coming out now is massive because I can only imagine as the research continues to come out over the next months and years, we're going to get more and more research showing more and more specific protocols that we can use for our eyes and heal our eyes with the power of light. Safe, non-invasive, but real results. So let's move on to the second article here. This one deals with pain, and specifically with knee pain. The title of this article is Photobiomodulation as an Adjunctive Treatment to Physiotherapy for Reduction of Anterior Knee Pain in Combat Soldiers. A Prospective Double-Blind Randomized Pragmatic Sham Control Trial. Yeah, try memorizing that title. So this was published a couple months ago, June in 2021. In this article, they used both red and near-infrared light of LEDs. The light irradiance was 50 milliwatts per centimeter squared, which is quite low, actually. Uh, but they were doing multiple, multiple spots. They treated about one minute per spot. So the total power used was 1,390 milliwatts total. They also used laser of near-infrared light, 810 nanometers, 30 seconds per point, a total of six joules. And then they used a laser cluster where they had five lasers in this cluster, again at 810 nanometers, so near infrared, six joules of energy total. So the treatment areas that they used were the popliteal and inguinal lymph nodes with LED cluster. They had four around the patella, so your kneecap with the LED cluster. And to back up the popliteals behind your knee, inguinals up in your groin for the lymph nodes. And again, the patella, kneecap. And then they had two applications over the area of maximal pain, which they used the LED cluster. And then they also had three to six trigger points that they used with a single point laser. And then they also treated the spinous processes and ipsilateral, meaning the same side of the nerve roots that come out of your back, L2 through L5. And so the nerves that innervate around that knee area, they treated. So this is very comprehensive. Again, they're treating lymph nodes, the kneecap, areas over specific pain, trigger points, and also neurologically the spinal processes and the nerve roots where they come out of your back. So very comprehensive. And the results of this study were significantly reduced pain levels only with PT and photobiomodulation. Beginning at the fifth treatment is when they noticed pain reduction. And it was significantly greater uh, reduction in pain in the physical therapy plus photobiomodulation group compared to the PT and sham group. The pain reduction, which they used a value or a test called the MCID, which is a way to measure pain reduction, it was seen in 13 out of 29 knees with a PT plus photobiomodulation group, but only 7 out of 23 knees in the PT only group. So almost twice as many knees saw pain reduction when photobiomodulation or red light therapy was added. Three months after the end of the treatment series, knee functionality was significantly improved over baseline with a PT and photobiomodulation group only. 
So not only did they get pain relief after five treatments, but they had pain relief for three months plus, and the knee functionality was retained as well. Also, photobiomodulation as an adjunctive treatment to physical therapy significantly reduces anterior knee pain as compared to PT alone in young combatants. And the last result from this study was improvement was not preserved three months after the cessation of treatment. So that's another good point. The fact that they were using photobiomodulation with treatment or with physical therapy led to greater pain relief, led to greater knee functionality up to three months post-treatment, but the improvements were not preserved three months after they stopped treatment. So whether that was due to some of the physical therapy or whether that was due to the a consistent usage of red light therapy would be nice to know. And it makes sense with anterior knee pain, which can be chronic. And chronic pain is notoriously more difficult to get rid of to the point where if you have chronic pain, the inflammation is literally gone. It's now mapped in your brain. So that's why I like this study because they're not only treating locally at the area of pain, but they're also treating the nervous system along the spine and treating the nerve roots. Thus, they're going to get a much better, much more holistic response. But again, once they stopped utilizing treatment, the improvements were not preserved. So in this specific incident, even though they did see improvements, even though they did see less pain, improved functionality, stopping the red light therapy led to lack of preservation three months post-treatment. But the conclusion of the study was that the addition of photobiomodulation to physical therapy for the treatment of overuse anterior knee pain significantly reduces pain in the short term and improves long-term functionality. This non-invasive, non-pharmalogic, over-the-counter, cost-effective adjunctive therapeutic modality can be easily incorporated in team healthcare frameworks or end units and may lead to earlier return to competition or combat-level service uh, to prevention of dropout. So the point being, and again, this was published in barely a couple months ago. So this study is showing that using something as simple in the way they put a non-invasive, non-pharmacologic, over-the-counter, cost-effective, adjunctive therapeutic modality, red light therapy can be used to help people return from knee pain, and in this case, overuse pain, meaning repetitive motion pain. So using red light therapy in combination with, in this case, physical therapy, can get people back to combat level service quicker, can get people returning to competition sooner. So this is great to see that something, a piece of research this strong, again, it's a double-blind randomized sham controlled trial, is showing that red light therapy adds benefit to these other types of treatments, whether it's chiropractic, in this case, physical therapy, or otherwise. But red light therapy has a place. And I think as time goes on and more of this type of research comes out, red light therapy is going to get integrated into many more treatments and much more of the healthcare system uh, because you can't ignore this type of research that shows simply adding light can lead to statistically significant uh, reduced pain and uh, improved functionality. So that's pretty darn exciting. And let's move to the last piece of research. And this one, as promised, talks about cognitive health or dementia. And This one was published even more recently. It was published last month, July 2021. And the title is Gender Differences of Dementia in Response to Intensive Self-Administered Transcranial and Intraocular 
near-infrared stimulation. So in English, we're going to look at the differences between male and female and how those with dementia and how they respond to red light therapy, in this case near-infrared, specifically through their skull and through their eyes with near-infrared light. This study had 60 patient-caregiver pairs that were enrolled and randomized to the active arm, meaning the active treatment, or the control arm, meaning the the sham treatment, at a two-to-one ratio. So there's twice as many active pairs in the treatment as there were in the control arm. And so subjects, caregivers, and assessors were masked as to the randomization. So that's great. And subjects received either an active or sham portable uh, photobiomodulation unit to be used at home twice daily. And both active and sham photobiomodulation units had 12 LED modules covering the skull and two retractable modules to provide intraocular stimulation or into the eye. And each cranial module had about 70 LEDs and each eye module had 14 LEDs. And keep in mind uh, with these photobiomodulation units, it's all near infrared, meaning it's that invisible light that you can't see if you have one of these panels or, or devices at home. And the reason, just to sidestep from the article for a moment, the reason it has to be near-infrared, especially for the transcranial, is because you need that light to get through your skull. And even using a relatively high-powered LED device, there's only a small fraction of that light that actually gets to the brain or actually gets to that target tissue once it passes the skull. But it's the fact that there is that light getting to that target tissue that leads to these awesome benefits. So just keep that in mind. While you may have a high-powered or, or do a higher dosage treatment with near-infrared through your skull, only a small amount is getting through, but that small amount is making a profound difference. So back to the article here. Again, um, the LEDs on, on, on the cranium had 70 LEDs. The eye modules had 14 LEDs, all near-infrared. The sham photobiomodulation units were identical in design, except that it did not emit that near-infrared light. And subjects and investigators could not tell the difference between uh, which device was active or placebo because, thankfully, infrared light or near-infrared light is invisible. So no one, no one knew what was or wasn't working, which is perfect for this study model. But the active photobiomodulation unit emitted near-infrared light with a wavelength of about 1060 to 1080 nanometers, and was 15,000 milliwatts, and the irradiance or, or power density was 23 milliwatts per centimeter squared. So if you're used to buying some of these panels on the market, they're anywhere from 100 to 150 milliwatts per centimeter squared. But the units in this study were only 23, so pretty low powered. And they were treating about uh, 650 centimeters squared per treatment area. But again, pretty low powered with the 23 milliwatts per centimeter squared. And the treatment protocol consisted of twice daily, six-minute stimulation sessions conducted at home over eight consecutive weeks. So in this study, they were doing it daily, not just daily, but twice daily. And only six-minute stimulation sessions, so 12 minutes total at that low-powered 23 milliwatts per centimeter squared. And I keep repeating the, uh, the light irradiance because that is low. So people that have panels again, that have that 100 or 125 or 150 milliwatts, now you have an idea that, or you'll see with the study, that even low-powered, in six minutes isn't that long. People that have these devices are using them for 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, but in this study, they're only using it for two six-minute sessions at 23 milliwatts. So again, pretty low dosage, 
Let's see what effects they get. And again, this was over eight weeks. Generally, in response to the transcranial near-infrared stimulation, subjects in the active arm reported having more energy, elevated mood, and less anxiety, and not only that, but better physical and mental involvement in daily activities. These responses began after two to three weeks and only had been observed among those receiving active treatment. So, with two to three weeks of twice-daily treatments of a relatively lower-powered near-infrared device, people with dementia are seeing these types of results. Again, more energy, elevated mood, less anxiety, better physical and mental involvement in daily activities. That's crazy in only two to three weeks. So, the conclusion is that the statistically significant improvements observed in the study indicate that subjects of both genders can respond positively to transcranial near-infrared stimulation. So the study was trying to see if there's any gender differences in response to near-infrared transcranial photobiomodulation, specifically with dementia. And not only did the study prove that both men and women, both male and female, saw statistically significant improvements, but they saw the aforementioned improvements of more energy, elevated mood, less anxiety, better physical and mental um, involvement in daily activities. And all they had to do was use near-infrared light for 12 minutes a day. So it'd be really cool to see this study carried out over several months and see what kind of results. I mean, they did it over two months. They did over eight weeks. But to have a study like this, people with dementia, using it for three months, six months, a year consecutive, and see what type of results that we can get with with red light therapy. So this is very exciting. Again, this article was just published last month. So if you have a family member, a friend, of course, a parent that's going through dementia, or you can tell that they're pre-dementia, again, this is not medical advice, but based on this research, you have to consider utilizing near-infrared light with these, these types of results. And again, if you're young and healthy, you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, research like this should be as eye-opening because that means if you use red light therapy prophylactically or if you're getting full-spectrum sunlight consistently, there is a way to stave off these types of cognitive mental conditions that some of us may believe were previously pre-programmed in our nuclear DNA. A lot of us were grown up with the knowledge or, or the... Uh, the mindset that we're born with the DNA that we have and that dictates our health and wellness. In this research, just like Dr. Doug Wallace, the mitochondrial researcher, has claimed that 80% of all modern diseases are due to mitochondrial dysfunction, well, we have a ton of mitochondria in our brain. In fact, the brain is one of our most mitochondrial dense tissues, meaning it should respond well to, to red light therapy. And, and this research with the near-infrared through the cranium clearly proves that light has a has a marvelous, profound impact on something like dementia that, that is very common day. So again, I'll continue to go through this type of research because I think it is very enlightening, pun intended, but good to know that this red light therapy, it's not a hoax, it's not a snake oil pitch, it's for real. When used appropriately, when used with uh, the correct dosages, you can see profound effects. I mean, think about the three articles we just went over today age-related macular degeneration, anterior knee pain from overuse in combat soldiers, and now dementia. Three vastly different ailments or health and wellness conditions 
but all using red light therapy to see statistically significant benefits. So I hope this uh, quick solo sode helped open your eyes to the to the many um, amazing potential benefits of red light therapy. And of course, we talked about preconditioning, just to have that concept of using red light therapy before exercise so you can have a better exercise capacity and a quicker recovery. So it's very exciting. We're in the early stages of red light therapy. I know it's been around for years and years, but I think we're just on the cusp of or the tip of the iceberg of what red light therapy has to offer. I hope my excitement and my kind of what I see for the future of red light therapy is infectious and kind of gets you excited because again, having one of these devices in the palm of your hand or on your desk, if you have a panel or a full body panel, it's a Swiss army knife for, for health and wellness conditions. You can use it for yourself. You can use it for your kids. You can use it for your pets. Again, this is not medical advice. Consult with your physician beforehand, blah, blah, blah. But just know, based on the research, there are endless ways that red light therapy can help improve health, wellness, and longevity. If there's ever a topic or a health condition that you specifically want to know if red light therapy helps with, simply go to PubMed or go to Google Scholar, type in photobiomodulation, or type in low-level laser therapy, or you can even just do LLLT, Type in either of those plus whatever condition you're, you're concerned about. So you could type in photobiomodulation and psoriasis, photobiomodulation and depression, LLLT and sleep. Again, so you can type in any of these types of uh, uh, conditions and you can see if there's any research articles on it. And if there is, you may see there's only a couple or you may see there's dozens and dozens. And then you can, at the very least, read through the abstracts, see what was done uh, to the research and what the, the results and the conclusions were of the study. And it'll give you a good idea very quickly. And it only takes about 30, 45 seconds to, to look it up, uh, look through the potential research and, and read through some abstracts to see whether or not red light therapy has the potential to help with a, a specific condition. And of course, uh, before using red light therapy on yourself, consult with your doctor, make sure there's no medications or, or health conditions that could interfere or, or be at risk. But as you know, from what I've educated through my podcast, through the ebook, through the BioLight website, the red light therapy is extremely safe, non-invasive, extremely low risk, and very high reward. So anyway, off my soapbox for now, but I hope you really enjoy this episode. Again, hope this was insightful, useful. If anything else, just puts uh, the rubber to the road as far as how red light therapy can truly help improve your health, wellness, and longevity. So that's the end of this solo episode. Hope it was useful, but either way, hope you guys enjoy the rest of your summer if you're listening to this uh, right away. And I look forward to uh, providing you guys with more and more research and, and just interesting tidbits about red light therapy as we move forward. And I hope also that you guys have been enjoying uh, the podcast interviews. We've had some really good guests on so far, and we'll continue to reach out and, and get the best of the best on the podcast. Experts in their field, biohacking, anti-aging. As you've seen recently, we've got on people like Dr. Carrie Jones, uh, Angela Foster, Jessica Clark, all experts in their area. So we'll continue to get more and more of those types of people on and interviewed. But again, in the meantime, you guys have an amazing week or weekend, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop 
and our YouTube channel, BioLite. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.